Radically resilient health is not the absence of injury, disease, infection, or stress. Rather, it's the ability to recover from injury, disease, or stress. This is Radically Resilient Health with Dr. Carolyn Dolan, founder of VitaKinetics. I'm your host, Connie Ray. We want to continue to share this vital and important information about how easy it is to change your health through simple lifestyle changes. So please subscribe to our podcast. Follow VitaKinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan on Facebook and Instagram. This is Radically Resilient Health. In this episode of Radically Resilient Health with Dr. Carolyn Dolan, we'll continue our conversation about the gut-brain connection. This time, we'll discuss the importance of exercise and its influence on the gut-brain connection. Carolyn, I know that you exercise on a daily basis. What was your exercise today? Actually, my exercise today was walking with the dogs outside in the fresh air, chilly air. So walking was my exercise of choice today so far. The gut-brain connection is something that we've been diving very deep into over the last few episodes. And exercise, obviously we hear about the benefits of this, but what is the relation between exercise and that influence over the gut brain? It's interesting because you would think that there is only positive, based on how we've been educated, there's only a positive influence on that gut brain connection um, as related to exercise. Um, And clearly exercise has many, many, many health benefits, cardiovascular benefits, strength, um, even mood, like increasing our endorphins, um, which would have its effect on the brain. So there clearly are many health benefits. But what's interesting is that you wouldn't think that the exercise itself um, has the potential to affect that gut integrity. And that was something that was really interesting to me as I was diving deep into the uh, importance of exercise that I actually came up, you know, particularly related to that gut brain connection and the intestinal permeability we've talked about that I found evidence that there's the potential that too much exercise or a lack of exercise can promote that intestinal permeability problem, which affects that gut brain connection, the inflammatory response and healing response. Specifically, um, it also seems like there's, you know, in the place of too much exercise, you get into that high intensity where you're really pushing your, um, your max effort up into like the 80% of your VO2 max, it is associated with an increased permeability, which is potentially temporary. Um, Or uh, in the event of where you're doing high intensity exercise, where there's an additional environmental factor like uh, heat, or intense heat and dryness, that that sets you up for the heat stroke situation, which becomes very life-threatening and dangerous. But in part because there's a decrease in blood flow to your intestines, which also promotes the permeability. So I hadn't thought about this whole idea of a spectrum of exercise, because in my mind as a physical therapist and the way I was raised, exercise itself as a improving your mood as far as endorphins within the brain and the body was always positive. But there is this, much like we talked about our bell curve with inflammation, where if you have none, you don't have healing, you have too much, you have potentially chronic pain um, and poor healing, that there's this ideal range. The same thing appears to be true with, with exercise, that there's this range where 
we, and it's not as much as you think. That's the other thing, that there's this range where you can get to be too much, where it becomes problematic of its effect on that gut-brain connection, um, but that there's an ideal range of exercise where you don't need nearly as much as we think we do promote health and healing. And so that was the other thing that was there's almost a, they call it a reverse bell curve, kind of a J curve, where if you don't have, if you're not doing enough exercise, you have poor health, cardiovascular disease and things like that. But that this it shoots up sharply once you get beyond that healthy range into where the exercise again becomes almost an aggravator of health markers. And so, um, and that when we go into this idea of too little exercise, um, we, we all know already that the sedentary life that we often live is associated with metabolic health disorders, pain, um, and other issues. But there's even related to the gut directly. I found um, a study that suggested in states of an anti-gravity state, say like up in space, that the lack of some sort of mechanical input also promotes intestinal permeability, which was really fascinating as you think about this gradation of benefit of exercise, that not enough mechanical input or fitness is associated with disease, in particular how it even relates to intestinal permeability. And that, again, like we said, too much then starts to sharply increase certain risks and can be an aggravator for the intestinal lining as well. So there's this range. It's not as much as you think you need. And that oftentimes we are even doing what I see in my age group and with patients that I take care of who are, you know, crossfitters or marathoners or people really trying to push their, their limits. It's, it's, and they're struggling to lose weight or they're not feeling as good. It's probably because they're pushing too hard. Does that mean then that there is a best exercise? Like is, what is the best form of exercise? Um, I really love what one of my colleagues, Grant Glass, physical therapist, has said is ultimately the best exercise is the one that you will do. Now, having said that, as far as a full spectrum, you know, consistency is best, but it's not necessarily that it has to be competing in CrossFit games or competing in marathons. Um, that's, That's a different level and it's largely unnecessary for health and well-being and particularly that gut-brain connection. So as far as the absolute best exercise, you'd be surprised to hear that there was another study that I came across that was promoting that the absolute best activity for exercise as far as health and mental well-being and such was the sport tennis. And it was really fascinating because you would have expected it to be walking or running or lifting weights or um, maybe something that seemed slightly more intense or going to the gym consistently. Um, And really, when they looked at this population study, they found that the folks who were playing tennis had uh, seemingly the best health and longevity. And I suspect that has to do with the thing about tennis is potentially you're getting uh, almost like a three for one. You know, we haven't really talked a lot about the importance of vitamin D just yet as far as our podcast, but tennis is an activity that is outside, gets you physically moving, 
but that it also gets you interacting with other people and it's a game, right? So now we're getting the psychological benefits of connection. We're getting the physical benefits of the movement and the cardiovascular benefits. Um, and then we're, we're outside with fresh air. And so what they're, with this particular sport too, if you look at all the spectrum of different activities and sports, this is a sport that you can play for a very long time in your life. You know, a lot of people do golf, but golf can tend to be really, really difficult on the low back and it's expensive. So not everybody can do it. You know, things like basketball that I grew up doing, you know, at some point you sort of hit this age limitation where you're really not as young and spry and you really, it's a difficult sport to continue to play as you age because you also need a lot more people than something like tennis. But ultimately, again, I circle back to what my friend Grant Glass said is it's the best exercise is the one that will you, you will do and do consistently. So for me right now in our day and age, walking and hiking is what fits my, my lifestyle right this very moment. And it's the thing I can do the most consistently with the way where we are with raising children and homeschooling and working and stuff. So uh, I, I don't want someone to say that they have to be lifting weights. Well, lifting weights is important for bone mass. And I do encourage people to include some sort of resistance training as part of their routine. But it doesn't mean you have to go to a weightlifting class or CrossFit. Um, it could be doing push-ups and squats and just using some smaller weights that you can do some resistance training at, at home. Or it could be walking stairs, you know, or hiking hills. I really like so, the, I, I love the idea that the best exercise is the one that you will do because honestly, I think it's about forming a habit, at least for me personally. I work out three mm -hmm. days a week. I go to the gym with my husband. It's become a habit. We, we've worked out with the same group of people and trained for 12 years. This is our group. We've found a drive for us to go. We've made the commitment. And I think when he says the best, the best exercise is the one that you will do it's also about that commitment that you make to, to doing it, whether it's daily or three times a week or, or whatever that might be. Uh, I would also add convenience is key. It's critical for any habit change. But, but you mentioned habits and uh, the best exercise is the one that you will do. And the way to make it something that you will do is to make it not only a habit, but convenient. You know, if say your gym is close enough to the house that it doesn't take too long to get there versus picking a gym that's on the other end of town and it takes 25 minutes to get, you're going to be more likely to do something if it's, if it's convenient. So that's, um, yep, the best one is the one that you will do. And, you know, like I mentioned, tennis, which is very interesting. Um, I, I find it not something that my, my mom does and has done throughout her whole life. And I just find it fascinating that that was the sport. But you know, it doesn't have to be that because they all have health benefits and they only have health benefits if you're doing them. You mentioned sunlight and that being one of the key components of tennis is that you're outdoors. So not only are you getting exercise, you're getting that vitamin D. Exercise has many <laughs> health benefits, in, including that increased mood, your endorphins kick in. And I would absolutely agree with why tennis is so many healthy people are involved with it because it does immediately you're outside in that sunlight and it gets you excited. And I would also say, uh, I, I played tennis when I was in high school 
is tennis is also, uh, you're getting your heart rate up, you're slowing it down, your heart race is up. It's a, it's a interval training. Yeah. And you're even getting resistance. Now it's interesting now coming, circling back to that gut brain, um, connection and that health piece and the integrity of that, you know, the benefits of adequate exercise. Now I say the word adequate, because again, I'm not talking here about that high intensity or, or, um, being sedentary is that the additional benefits of having adequate exercises is animal studies are showing that it actually increases the tight junction, um, which is, remember, we talked about with the intestinal permeability that holds those cells together. And so it promotes the integrity of that intestinal lining, which is so important for health and healing and natural pain reduction, and thereby reducing naturally inflammation with adequate exercise. And then coming back to the vitamin D, which we will most certainly address at some point in the future here more more specifically, but vitamin D deficiencies um, are associated with intestinal permeability. And so when you do things that promote adequate vitamin D production, like being in the sunshine and having sun on your skin, you promote intestinal integrity. And that's a that's the primary role of which I we have included it, vitamin D3 in our supplement by Vitakinetics, is to promote that intestinal integrity. But getting outside in the fresh air, sun on your skin, obviously, you know, without burning, will help promote the natural vitamin D3 production and therefore intestinal integrity. Is there an exercise that you should not be doing, or you mentioned those who may over-exercise, and I know this sounds crazy, but I find it hard to believe that there's even a population of over-exercisers when we live in a a community and a nation that is, we're dealing with obesity rates that are skyrocketing. Um, I actually would almost argue differently. I see more people over-exercise in and again, that's in the world of physical therapy. But I would argue that in within our age group, there's probably far more people who are over-exercising, particularly in the CrossFit world or um, um, a lot of women or mothers like to do a lot of running and participate in races and such. And it's almost as if, you know, in some ways people can become addicted to the exercise, particularly with that endorphin release. And so more often then I think we've appreciated that there are people often feel like, okay, I need to do more and more and more when particularly in that weight loss um, arena where actually it's more that you need to pay attention about your nutrition, what you're consuming nutritionally. But also as we talked about with sleep, um, that it's so important to get adequate rest. And when we actually live in a very busy world as far as work, even without, you know, the amount of stress we're in, and then we're going out and hitting hard in the gym or the intensity of the workouts, even in the cycle club, you know, the um, bicycle gyms are, are wonderful. But sometimes you wonder, are we working too hard when what we really need is a nice walk in the fresh air where we're calming our nervous system? We're getting that physical activity. Uh, you know, we're not hitting it in, as intensely as we would say in the gym. So it's really important. And I say, 
to all of my clients, and I always recommend, be sure you're actually giving yourself enough rest time. So sometimes the best exercise for many people might be rest, right? Like there's, it might be, I need to make sure I commit to a good night's sleep. Um, and that's where my recovery is really going to be, especially as it is promoting the, that gut brain connection. Um, so I think sometimes you can do too much and you can often get more productive with less when you focus in on consistency with regular exercise that your body doesn't need long-term, a long time to recover from. So like you mentioned, those intense workouts or uh, weightlifting or the CrossFit, I was really into CrossFit for many years. I've taken a break, not because of injury. I think it can be done very well, but there's a competitive nature that people really try to push themselves harder, um, maybe more than their healthy limits. Right. And then they need to require either they don't give themselves the rest time because they're going again the next day to do the same type of intensity or they can't part do that. And then because they need more time to recover. So it's really an interesting balance. Again, just like with anything, it's important to listen to your body and, you know, working harder isn't necessarily necessary as much as working smarter and making sure that whatever the exercise that you're doing is um, something that you can sustain comfortably. And I would add too, just the additional benefits of exercise. You, you talked about the endorphin release. Uh, we have such high rates, especially now in the midst of COVID of depression and anxiety. The more that you can get those endorphins going, the better that affects your mood as well. Well, and think about particularly in that patient population or that population where now we are in a kind of a connection famine where we're not connecting with people, what's going to serve them more? A walk outside on a daily basis with a friend for that endorphin and physical fitness type of thing to manage the mental health versus a, you know, a 30 minute quick trip to the gym to get an intense workout where they've just got their headphones on and they're not, you know, talking with anybody else. The nice thing about what your setup is, is that you have this, this group of people that you enjoy spending time with your husband and you're getting physically fit and you're in, and you're kind of combining both in, in that one activity that you've made a habit of. And so in today's day and age, when we're on pandemic quarantine, it is so important. And sometimes it could be, you can't be with a person in face-to-face, but it's okay. I'm going to go walk or hike, and I'm going to have a phone conversation with a friend who lives someplace else. So you're getting the connection, the outdoor. And and the other thing I would add here, as we um, as I addressed earlier with that 80% of your VO2 max sort of limit, one of the things I've always encouraged in the clinic and working with people, having short bouts of time where you're working super intense and you really can't breathe and talk at the same time is okay. But as a sustainable thing, unless you're going to account for the needs of how much recovery time you're going to need for that intense exercise, I tell people to be able to pass the talk test. You want to keep, you want to get your heart rate up. You want to get flush in the face periodically, but I always want people to be able to pass what I call the talk test that they are able to continue to have a conversation. And if you can, because you can sustain that for longer, right? 
Um, and, and that type of activity isn't going to necessarily wipe you out and require you to have a nap the next, you know, that afternoon or anything like that, that you'll feel energized, you'll feel emotionally good, you know, with an endorphin release, and, and you'll feel physically ready to continue on rather than wiping yourself out. And as you've stated, this is a great way for you to continue that gut-brain connection health. And I'm excited for our next episode. Carolyn, on our next episode, you're going to be discussing stress and how that affects the gut-brain connection. There are positive and negative effects, just as you've mentioned here in exercising, positive and negative effects in regards to whether you're not exercising enough or exercising too much. Learn more about Vitakinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan at vitakinetics.com. Use the discount code RESILIENT2021 to receive a one-time 10% off discount on Vitakinetics. Follow Vitakinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan on Facebook and Instagram. Content in this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as medical, physical therapy, or healthcare advice. Listening to this podcast does not create a healthcare provider patient relationship. Please contact your medical healthcare provider if you suspect you have a medical problem. This podcast is funded by Vitakinetics.